0: Welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you joining me. My name is Jeremy Stalnecker. I am your host today. And this is the show where we do our very best, and I say that all the time, we do our very best. We don't get it right all the time. (laughs) but We do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. And boy, do we need to know how to navigate an ever-changing culture. It's changing all of the time. When I talk about culture, I'm speaking much broader than just the political landscape. So many uh, conversations that we have now, and particularly podcasts and radio shows and television shows and social media posts, revolve around the political landscape. What is happening politically? We talk about that all of the time, and it's good to know what's happening politically. That's part of how we navigate culture, but culture is deeper than that. Culture is bigger than that. Politics is one aspect of that, but culture involves everything. It's how we think. It's what we do. It's what we don't do. It's how we raise our kids. It's how we oversee and manage our families. It's where we choose to live and where we choose to work and where we choose to play. It's what we do. It's the philosophies that impact how we operate in society. This is culture. And we know that culture is constantly changing. It's changing now, today, faster than it has at any point in the past. So many different aspects of culture are influencing everything we do right now, uh, whether it be how our kids function at school. We've talked about that. Uh, How religion and what we think about God is portrayed and what's accepted. We've talked about that. Politically, as I mentioned, a big part of this, it's changing all of the time around us. We're trying to understand it, and I want to do the best I can to give you the information you need to navigate that. Today's guest helps us do that on an issue that is in the news right now. As we record this episode, we're just a couple of days past a leak of a brief that the Supreme Court will probably issue in the next several weeks regarding Roe v. Wade. That's not something that I need to defined for you, described to you. But we know the Roe v. Wade ruling from the Supreme Court some 40 years ago legalized abortion in the United States. If you will, it gave a federal protection to abortion in the United States. And that has been the standard, the rule of law that we have followed since that time. It looks like the Supreme Court is going to overturn that uh, based on cases that were brought before it in the last year or so. And that's what the leak was about. Again, I'm sure you're aware of that. As our guest discusses today, though, this is not simply a political issue. In fact, if we look at this Only from a political lens, we're missing the cultural impact that this decision will have, and it will have a cultural impact. Personally, I don't even believe that the issue of abortion is a political issue. It is, to me, a moral issue. It's an issue of right and wrong. It's an issue of life and death. And so if we look at this from a political lens only, we're missing the broader cultural implications. And I'm so thankful that we have a guest on today that will help break this down for us. We've had him on before. Uh, Pedro Gonzalez is our guest today. He's all over the news right now. You've probably seen him in other places and uh, just pro- provide such a calm, clear, informed analysis of what is happening. Very grateful that he would be on again today and thankful for this conversation with our guest, Pedro Gonzalez. My guest today is Pedro Gonzalez. Pedro has been with us. I think this is the third time now, and uh, there are so many complicated, complex issues going on in the world. Pedro has a way of breaking these down for us, and uh, man, just appreciate you coming back on and spending some time with us.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for
0: having me. So you, um, uh, you look at the world through a cultural lens and understand, I think, what's happening in the world, maybe from a different perspective than many. And wanted to have you come on and talk about uh, the Supreme Court with us. Um, The most recent ruling, of course, well, (laughs) what we believe will be a ruling on Roe v. Wade. Um, But before we get to that specifically, give us your perspective on what's happening with the Supreme Court right now. We're in a season where they are issuing rulings. Um, There are a lot of things coming out. What are some of the things, apart from the abortion piece, that you're looking for that we should be... Um, thinking about uh, or expecting from the Supreme Court?
1: I'm not sure. I think that actually this unfortunately is the thing that's going to consume everyone's time and attention. And it's probably also a bad sign. I mean, I'm not the first person that's made this observation, but it's a bad sign when we are kind of waiting on bated breath for what the Supreme Court is going to decide. You know, that's not really a healthy sign of of a functional republic. And so you could argue that we don't have one, uh, but basically that these decisions have such an outsized influence, and I think that is unfortunately why this the row decision is is such a big deal. Is because uh, it, it's it's really emblematic of this this kind of top down system of governance that we've had for a very long time, where these sweeping changes to society it, it's not just legal decisions. We're talking about changes to the way people live and think about issues, right? And like for, for Roe, for example, that it, it was just decided in 1973 that yeah. the right to abortion was guaranteed under the 14th Amendment's right to privacy. Yeah. And, and that just fundamentally changed society. And, and that was upsetting for a lot of people. And now we're, we're kind of coming full circle and it's right. upsetting to a lot of other people. Uh, but the, I mean, the funny thing is, is it really what we're talking about is sending it back to the states that's ultimately really what we're discussing is sending it back to the states which is why i'm looking at this and and thinking kind of beyond the the legal aspect of it and for me it, it really seems like things like abortion become almost like sacraments to whatever you want to call them the left progressives, whatever it's a kind of article of faith in the the new nicene creed right and it's totally inconsistent with the the same people talking about bodily autonomy you yeah, also the one yeah, that yeah. wanted you locked in your house and vaccinated, <laughs> right. you know, under right. gunpoint. But yeah, it, but it doesn't matter. Actually, it doesn't matter at all that. Those are two totally inconsistent perspectives for them. Abortion really seems to be a kind of religious icon. It, it's something that you really have to believe in. Uh, and the, the possibility of that religious icon being trashed. It, and again, I'm using kind of dramatic language here, but, uh, it really seems that this is fundamentally, uh, how do I put this? And, and again, without using language, it's, it's overwrought. It, it really seems like this, is, this really violates a, a fundamental tenet of the leftist worldview, which is why you've got people openly calling for what is essentially an insurrection. I think that is the most in, incredible aspect of this is that you've got people that are literally saying that it's time to burn the institution down.
0: Well, this leaked document is the only reason we're even talking about it right now. I mean, everyone's been waiting for a ruling. Uh, This leaked document, uh, if it's real and it seems like it is, indicates what is going to happen. What is the impact um, either to the court or to our perception of the court? Or what will be the impact of this, this leak? Uh, It's never happened before, and it's created a situation without information. I mean, it's it, people are calling for an insurrection. Politicians are talking about it. Um, there are people gathering and rioting for something that may or may not be true. What impact will this have on how we look at further rulings?
1: I think it already, this is a long time coming. And all, most of our institutions, Americans have little trust and little faith. And, and I think that the, the court is no different. And, you know, on the one hand, the the left, love the supreme court i mean and this i mean this is true for everyone right we, we love the supreme court when it rules something that we yep. approve of and yep. we hate it when it, i mean it's just totally normal so i think actually what it's just kind of showing is the impossibility of institutional neutrality in a society where you have fundamentally different value systems i think that that is what this is really indicative of if that is how we look at the institution of the supreme court we trust it when it it, it makes a sweeping decision that you know uh, either affirms or uh, denies our, right. our values. Right. Um, then that means that we're basically living in a society where it, it's actually two societies. There are there's one country, but there's really like two nations. And I, again, I don't know how. <clears throat> I, I I have no idea what what the future holds. But basically, that kind of a, of a setup is untenable. You know, at, at some point people will just become so cynical about institutions that uh, it all just stops kind of functioning. But again, there is no clear solution for exactly yeah. that, that basically you have uh, competing civilizations, people who believe that abortion is a right, and people that don't believe that. Uh, you, you really can't reconcile that. There's, there's no amount of debating and, and facts and logic that can really reconcile these, these, uh, these views. And so again, yeah, I mean, it doesn't bode well for the future, basically.
0: One of the questions that I've had, and I haven't heard a lot of people discuss, and maybe this speaks to the cultural aspects of this, certainly the religious aspects of this um, this sacrament of abortion, as you mentioned, is the fact that a ruling from the Supreme Court like this one, striking down Roe, however we want to you know kind of phrase that or characterize that, it has or will have probably no impact on abortion in the United States. I I doubt that um, it's going to prevent one abortion. I doubt that one person is going to be prosecuted because of uh, their participation in either having or performing an abortion. It's not going to change anything. And yet politicians are taking a very strong stand. Um, again, people are um, protesting or rioting or <laughs> whatever, uh, not just outside of the Supreme Court, but in other places. Um, So much rhetoric, so much conversation, so much talk. I'm pro-life. I think all abortion should be done away with. That's my my position on that. Um, But that being said, I'm happy that the Supreme Court would say this is not federally protected, but I don't really feel like this changes the conversation. So with all of that, either tell me I'm wrong, which is fine, or Help me to understand why this is such a big deal to people on the left right now when really, literally, nothing is going to change.
1: Yeah. Well, I think something will change, but I'll, I'll get to that. But to answer your question, I, I think it, it really goes back to the fact that abortion is something that is like an article of belief, and, and therefore it's something that's not really subject to the rules of reason and rationality. Mm, yeah. And that's why you see this kind yeah. of primal outrage from these people,
0: Right. That are
1: in some ways, I mean, it's the opposite. It's on the opposite end of the spectrum of a parent protecting their child, even if it means that you know it might like the parent might be hurt or something like that. It's it's like a an instinct almost, right? Like you don't really think about it as a parent Mm, why it makes you angry that your child is like being threatened or something like that. It just provokes something inside of you uh, to act. Right. I'm not going to put these two. Uh, instincts on the same level, but it—that that is kind of what it seems like to me that you're seeing from the left, this kind of sub-rational, feral outrage yeah. <laughs> at something that they believe in being, in, in their eyes, violated, when yeah. in fact it, it just really goes back to the States. And this is where, what I was getting at, is what will change, I think, if this goes through, is that you're going to actually see, probably more uh, you know the the country will actually kind of uh divide in in the sense that let's let's assume that these people are really serious about abortion well it stands to reason that people are going to move to states where abortion is legal you know if there are people that really 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 believe abortion is a right and they live in a state that outlaws it, it it's i mean if they really believe in what they're saying they're probably going to move right and so you're going to, I mean, again, assuming that, that these people are going to put their money where their mouth is, you're going to kind of see this this internal separation, uh, or maybe like a, a more polarization of the American map. Uh, I think Robbie Starbuck has characterized it as where you're going to have states that have high taxation, high crime rates, uh, <laughs> and abortion versus states that have low right. tax rates, low crime rates, and more abortion is outlawed. I don't know if that's going to play out, but but I think that's that's definitely a possibility. And it's really interesting to think about because then you'd actually be seeing a, a kind of the geographical manifestation of these two value systems where people are literally, it's kind of already happening, right? Like I, I grew up in California. I moved to Ohio because I can't stay in California. Um, <laughs> but I think if this passes, you're going to see more of that. Uh, and and whereas, you know, some liberals will leave California for like Texas because they just don't want taxes or whatever. Or paying really high taxes although they continue to vote for those things this is something much much more powerful it's, it's really something that is is like again why are there so many leftist men like single leftist men who really care about a woman's right to abortion yeah it is totally irrational right these leftist men saying like i'm gonna get a vasectomy if roe is overturned why it yeah. doesn't affect you yeah it, but it's something that they really deeply believe
0: in Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for you and me. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. Sale of the year. That means it's not going to happen again. This is the sale of the year. What is it? For a limited time, you will receive 60% off the Giza Dream Sheets that comes with a 60 day money back guarantee and a 10 year warranty. You will receive a set for as low as $39.99. For a limited time, with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use promo code SITREP. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. Along with this offer, you will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. For those of you that would rather use the phone, and some of you are out there, you know who you are, call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or MyPillow.com, and use the promo code SITREP. Um. There are people who really deeply believe in that. And I, I do think it will be interesting to see if people move in response to that. Um, I do live in California um, still. I was raised here. I love California. I hate our politics. I hate the fact that our governor has already said we'll be a sanctuary state for abortion if that's what happens. Um, There's so many things I dislike about it. It will be interesting to see if people move. But do you think this has the political play that the left seems to think that it does? This seems to be the issue they have hung their political future on. And I'm not confident that it's going to move the needle as much as they think it will in the midterms and certainly in the upcoming presidential election.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. uh, Abortion, maybe in other times, that would have been the case. But right now, when you've got surging costs of food and fuel, You've got this war in Ukraine that we're, it seems like our government really wants to get us involved. Basically, there are so many other issues yeah. that immediately affect people yeah. uh, that it it's not clear to me that this is really going to be like the make or break thing, although that seems to be what the Democratic Party is kind of gambling on. I mean, within hours of this leak, the DNC was sending out text messages, fundraising, uh, yeah. For reproductive yeah. rights, and yeah, I mean, it was really quick how how they got to work and, and started to kind of make this the focal issue. And it makes sense because I mean, Biden, depending on the poll that you look at, his disapproval rate is between fifty three and fifty six percent. Right. <laughs> it's in regardless of what poll you look at, his approval yeah. rate is abysmal. Right. And so it's it makes sense that they would try to find some kind of an issue that is just so. In, uh, provocative and, and provokes such a powerful emotional response from people that it diverts attention from Biden's performance. Um, and, and from from what looks like the Democratic Party being set for losses going into midterms, but that actually makes me worried about, on the other hand, the GOP, because the GOP can kind of say, well, like this: if you vote for us, we'll give you more judges, and, and you get things like Roe overturned. Uh, but, this has actually been a traditional tactic of the GOP to not actually deliver on anything substantive. Right. And I mean, it's difficult for me to say that, you know, because Rome might actually get overturned, but it, it kind of going back to what you said, what changes really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's a symbolic victory. That's totally true. But, you know, people are still going to have abortions in this country, depending on where they live. Yeah. And so I think that, that it's a really difficult point to make, but it's I think it's an important point. Is the GOP just going to ride on this? And instead of actually delivering on an agenda, because if you look at what the GOP is running on, what is their agenda? I don't know that Biden hasn't done enough in Ukraine. <laughs> he hasn't spent right. enough money. Right. Uh, I, again, I, I actually have no idea what the, what the GOP's agenda is going to midterms.
0: And and that concerns me going into the midterms. I think there's momentum going into the midterms. People are so tired of Biden that they'll vote for something different, an alternative. But to me, what's more important is the 24 election, but we can screw it up in the t- two years between the midterms and, and that. Um, I mean, is that a concern that you have when you look at some of these things? It does seem like, and it seems like most Republicans are silent even on this issue. There, there aren't very yeah. many people standing up trying to use this as, a, as an issue to move forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if they do, it, it's, it's again, it's really half-hearted. It's like, well, you know, vote for us. So we can vote, vote for Mitch McConnell so you can get more judges. Yeah, you right. Know, like, it's, it is. You're right. It is important to again, even though it's unpopular right now, especially among the grassroots. I think, and understandably so. This is a, this would be a powerful symbolic victory, but it also enables the GOP to do nothing. And I mean, in the background of this is is, the, is this story that I don't know if it, I, I would say it got overlooked, but you've got these reports of Kevin McCarthy, uh, you know, yeah. pondering whether or not Twitter could could deplatform certain Republicans that he doesn't like. Basically, the Republican Party is as bad or worse than it has ever been, and and if you look at the candidacies of, of guys like JD Vance in Ohio, who, who recently won his primary race, it's it's kind of misleading, right? Like, okay, well JD went, Vance wins his primary, the you know row might be overturned. The GOP has actually changed a lot. Well, it hasn't. It, it's still the same party, uh, and in some ways, it's actually worse. I mean, it, it's really difficult time because the grassroots movement is so energized and so active and is racking up victories basically by its own efforts but the national GOP the institution mm. has not really changed.
0: Do you are you concerned at all about the timing of the leak? It's interesting to me that this ruling would have come out or will come out in June or whenever it's scheduled to to be publicly issued. And yet the leak comes now, and I'm not asking you to put on a conspiracy hat if you don't have one, but if you do, now's the time to put it on. Uh, The Pfizer um, information uh, dropped the day after the day of the leak. There are a lot of other things happening behind the scenes that now we're not hearing anything about because this has consumed all the oxygen in the room. Uh, Is the timing of this leak curious? And then my next question connected to that would be, have we fixed anything when it comes to election reform and integrity? Because it seems like we're playing the exact same game.
1: Yeah. No, I don't know that we have done anything substantial with, with election reform and integrity. That And that's part of the problem. And in terms of like the timing, the way that I framed this was, if it wasn't a coordinated operation, this leak, it may as well have been because of the amount of people that it helps. Mm. Whether, again, intentionally, whether it was... Conspiracy, or it wasn't. <laughs> the timing was just, you know. I mean, it's totally possible that this was just a. Um, there's a, a clerk. I think he he clerked for one of the female judges. I don't remember who right now. Uh, but basically, people think that it's this one particular clerk who leaked the um, the, the draft opinion. And uh, this, so so what I'm saying is, it is totally possible that this this one clerk. You know, somehow saw the draft opinion, freaked yeah. out, and then leaked it. Uh, but again, if it was not it's Sotomayor, of that's that's what it is. Okay. Uh, again, yeah. if it's if this was not a um, a conspiracy, it, it may as well have been precisely for that for the reasons that you just kind of speculated. That it seems to help all of the wrong people. You know, now we're not talking about Pfizer and the the growing number of serious side effects that are related to vaccines. Uh, but in, in a way, this is nothing really new. In other words, if the leak had not happened. It's not obvious to me that we would be talking about Pfizer, apart from Mm. guys like Tucker Carlson, because in January, Science Magazine, Science is a very prestigious journal, published a piece that talked about really, really serious COVID uh, vaccine side effects. And the headline, it totally uh, mischaracterizes what is actually in the article, because the headline is something innocuous, like, you know, in rare cases, people have serious right. side effects from vaccines. <laughs> right. When you Read the article; it's like there are people that are saying that they never had COVID, they had one or two shots, and now they can't pick up their kids because they mm. have like debilitating pain in all of their body. Uh, and and so there there are tons of cases like this. And in the article, it it, it will kind of play down the number yeah, of people who right. are experiencing these side effects, but then say uh that there are numerous online forums, and all of them number in the thousands. Yeah. Like, okay, that's. It kind of saying like this is actually a bigger pro- problem that we're willing to let yeah. on yeah uh but the key thing in that article was that all the people that are suffering from covid vaccine side effects are basically being treated like lepers that when they go to their their physicians their physicians will either in, in several cases in this article it talks about how physicians either diagnose them with anxiety in other words <laughs> it's not happening to you it's right. in your head, right. or just straight up turn them away yeah because they're not these people are not supposed to exist you're not supposed to have debilitating side effects from the vaccines. And so the physicians will just kind of refer them out of their office as a way to not deal with them. So, I mean, yeah, you want to talk about pro-life issues. I think that this is actually the real pro-life issue. Uh, that's not to say anything, that's not to downgrade abortion as an issue, of course. But, of course. but you're talking about you know, an untold number of people who have had their lives ruined by these experimental vaccines, that have been extremely profitable for companies like Pfizer, yep. and no one's talking about it.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, Someone who's been on this show a number of times, Mark Moss. He typically is giving commentary on the economy and so forth. He put out a small post this week and talked about exactly that. While everyone's looking at this potential Roe v. Wade strike down, mm-hmm. the real abortion issue is the vaccine and the impact that it's had on yes. uh, pregnant mothers, sure. and then the yeah. efficacy at least as it was reported in that Pfizer report, something like 12% effective or something crazy, um, which we've been lied to about that. And yet no one is talking about it. Um, and you may be right. Perhaps we wouldn't be talking about it anyhow, even if, you know, even if this hadn't happened, but certainly yeah. uh, as you've stated it, it, this leak benefits all the wrong people. And um, is yeah. something we need to be very aware of. What happens next in, I, I am someone who is generally optimistic, and I, I feel generally optimistic about the future of our country. We've had difficult times in the past. I believe uh, we'll have difficult times again in the future. We're living at a rough time right now, but there is hope. Um, but the polarization of um, the Supreme Court, the control that. Um, politicians have on our Supreme Court. We've seen this like we have never seen it before, at least you know in my understanding of the history of the Supreme Court. Um, in the last couple of years, it's very much a political arm uh, to be used to be wielded. Um, I don't believe that abortion is a political issue. I think it's a it's a life issue, and so I look at this differently than many people do. But the Supreme Court has always represented kind of the firewall. <laughs> of, you know, politicians can do what they do, but we have the Supreme Court. They'll look at the Constitution. They'll rule based on how they view the Constitution, how they understand it. And if there's anything that gives me fear for the future of our country, it's, it's things like this. It's the polarization yep. that we're seeing. Uh, what's, what's coming next? What, what can we expect to see in the future? And how do we untangle some of this?
1: Well, I think I'm, I'm optimistic about the long-term which is to say, I think we win in the end. But I think that it's important to understand that things are going to get worse before they get better. And I think the polarization is going to increase. But the thing that gives me hope is that there are some people like Ron DeSantis who I think are starting to govern in a way that is more consistent with the values of people like us. And I'm, I'm very uh, reluctant to praise politicians. but yep. I think it's important to point out these silver linings. And so in Florida, you've got this governor who is taking on woke capital, specifically Disney. And I I keep coming back to this because there was an interview between a professor at Dartmouth and the New York Times. And and this professor was asked, do you think Disney is going to back down on pushing its agenda on people just because DeSantis and, and some Florida Republicans are willing to take them on? And his professor said, no, I don't, because this is a test of what he said was Disney's value system. Mm. And But by that same token, it's also a test of our value system and what we're willing to fight for. And so the fact that you have some people in office like DeSantis who are willing to, and you could even say like, well, you're just doing it to stay in office. Great. That's, <laughs> that's the best way to stay right. in office is actually right. representing his constituents. Right? Yeah, right. Right. Uh, I think that, that that is a kind of glimmer of hope because then other people might emulate him, might yeah. see like, well, okay, like that, you know, on the one hand, I agree with the fundamentals here. And on the other hand, I want, you know, this is, again, this is an effective way to to make your, your voters like you. And, and it has like this, and this is, this kind of goes against a lot of things that the conventional GOP thinks about the culture war, which they shut, like you said, even with abortion, they're kind of shying away from it because it's a hot button issue. Uh, but engaging in the culture war fighting over values has actually uh substantially increased DeSantis' performance in the polls and so he went from kind of looking like he was going to have a close race against his challenger to now you know really increasing his lead over the person yeah and i think again those are good signs that you know there is there is a possibility that we're going to get a different kind of elected official someone who's willing to fight for what we believe in
0: that's good i um I've had that conversation about Disney a few times with with some folks that I trust, and I don't think personally that Disney will change their position. In fact, it seems like they're doubling down on it. Uh, their solution was firing their spokesman and then replacing him with <laughs> someone who has who has represented Biden on the vaccine stuff and all the other and like it's like crazy. Like you, t- yeah. anyhow. Yeah. But I think what it does is it communicates to other smaller companies that don't have the same capital and backing that Disney does that this is not okay and you're going to have to pay a price for it. And I do think that's a positive thing. Um, Hopefully it emboldens other politicians, leaders who are willing or at least say they're willing to stand up. Do you think if a migration takes place because of issues like abortion, some of the social issues where California, you know, we see people moving back to California or moving to California because of the abortion issue or some of those things. Does that, um, movement is that a good thing for the country or is that a bad thing for for the country or is it is it neutral uh, does it have an impact on future elections and um, the direction that the country goes
1: well I think it's it's a it's a clarifying event you know yeah. you kind of see where everyone stands but in terms of if that happens you're talking about increased polarization so I mean th- then you're really talking about uh, de- de- kind of the destabilization of of this country which you know that does, that's not really a good thing but but on the other hand i think it's inevitable i, I just don't see how and i I, don't, I have no idea what that looks like i'm not talking i'm not you know esoterically sure referring to like secessionism or something like that yeah right <laughs> i just mean <laughs> right. that like I, it, it's it does not bode well for us and I, I just don't see how something could get americans to get along right now uh or i mean I think that was maybe the hope for some people that are promoting this war in Ukraine, that it would maybe be the thing that galvanizes mm. us. But yeah. Even that has it's totally backfired. But but again, it's it's mostly actually because be, I don't want to say it's just the left because a lot of conservatives have been involved in it. But basically, the the narrative around Ukraine is that you either are you know all in on us joining that war, yeah. or yeah. you're basically a Putin stooge. So even yeah, that right. resulted in more polarization. Right. <laughs> So it just seems like it's impossible for a lot of Americans to not you know, rock the boat further. So that kind of, of movement, that kind of separation would be clarifying, but, but I mean, it, ultimately you're talking about more, more polars, more cracks uh, in the dam, so.
0: Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. I tend to believe Americans are more generally conservative, not politically, but just in their lives socially, yeah. than we give them credit for. Do you feel like things related to Twitter, this this big thing with Musk and Twitter, um, less censorship on social media platforms, more opportunity to move to other platforms, can that be the thing that brings some um, common ground to Americans as we cut out, because I think it's the media that is genning up the strife that we are feeling and experiencing. I'm not sure how much of that is real. Do these social media moves help us in that in that regard help us to move forward perhaps
1: i'm not I'm not sure I think that I think the the the, the, the thing that I think could kind of get us to come more of us to kind of agree on things would be a kind of just reaction. The pendulum just swings back uh, all of the Americans were kind of on the fence are just sick of it and yeah. basically, you know, kind of move in a more of a right or conservative direction. Although when we're talking about that, we'll really just mean like free speech. And, right, right, right. Sure, you know, sure. We don't think that you should have abortions like on tap or something like that. Right. So I think a, a, that kind of a reaction would be, it. Um, you can't really make that happen. You can't force that. It has to be organic. Uh, but on the question of free speech, uh, it, it's difficult, right? Um, because... I think you have to look at, like, this This is the problem of public polling. Uh, I think I, I saw a poll recently that showed that Americans are even divided on whether Elon Musk should be able to take over Twitter. Right. And, of course, they're divided on that because a good chunk of the country gets their news from The Washington Post.
0: Right, sure.
1: Which is owned by Jeff Bezos, right, who is a right. himself. Right, right. And, and he right. has an interest. Yeah, it, it's, just, it's frustrating because basically, like, a good chunk of the media in this country is owned by people who don't actually support free speech and will just kind of hammer into people. Like the New York Times just did a piece uh, in, kind of suggesting that Elon Musk is a racist because he grew up uh, in, in South Africa. Sure. And uh, the, the 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 New York Times has, I mean, like you think that the Times, which is this, like this traditionally liberal organization <laughs> would yeah. support increased free speech and less censorship but it's totally not the case right and so people who read the times you know when they when they when they kind of formulate their worldview they will think that okay well more free speech means more white supremacy (laughs) so (laughs) i think you have to hope that those people ultimately become a kind of minority um but I, i do think that this is one issue that can get people who are kind of on the fence or not overtly conservative to kind of move in our direction just because they're just they're sick of it like you know, like, okay, come on. Like Elon Musk did not try to acquire Twitter uh simply because he wants to say the N word on the platform.
0: Right. Because, right. because
1: that is what like I think that's what Sean King he, he suggested yeah, right. something like that. Like just totally absurd. Like he that's that's the real motive here is they just want to be racist on the internet. It's just it's it's ridiculous. And I think like your average person who again is not like a staunch conservative or Republican will just look at that and say, like this is just stupid. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I, I hope that's the case. And I think most people look at a lot of this and just go, this is ridiculous. It's it's those of us that spend our entire days thinking about it. that get worked up about it. But most people are just too busy working and doing other things. Yeah, so my exactly. hope is in that. Um, yeah. what, what should we be looking at, these average people? Um, you know, people who are just trying to figure this thing out, trying to navigate culture as it is and navigate the elections that are upcoming. What are some things we should be watching out for, maybe some cues culturally that um, can either be an encouragement to us or should be a warning sign to us. Some things that we need to be looking for, keeping our eyes open. We can be so distracted. What should we be paying attention to?
1: I think the maybe for conservatives, uh, uh, so an important lesson to learn right now is actually that on the one hand, the Republican Party just just because I hope this is answering your question, that the Republican Party is actually oftentimes like. Um, based on how they react to these culture war issues will tell you whether or not you, they're really on your side. Right. And so what I'm getting at is that like the Republican party's reluctance to get involved in the culture war tells you that the, the GOP is not really your ally. Mm. And, and and oftentimes it works against you. Uh, and I think the other aspect of this is to pay attention to the fact that corporations actually seem to be the, the, the drivers of like left-wing culture. And so the, Right now, there are a ton of huge corporations that, in in light of the draft leak opinion, um, have have signaled that they're basically going to cover their employees' costs of relocating right. to different states, basically subsidizing the cost of their employees getting an abortion. So, I, I, I it's a tough question that you that you asked, but I think that's that's basically what I pay attention to is is how like politicians react to these issues to determine whether or not they're actually my friend or my enemy, and on the other hand like paying attention to how corporations behave uh, and, and realizing that like if you're a conservative or if you're a classical liberal even, that actually the drivers of illiberalism, of cultural leftism actually often tend to be the traditional ally of people like us, which is big business. Uh, so I, I don't know if that answers Yeah, you, that's... no,
0: that's that's great. I think, you know, when I'm looking for who do I want to support who I want to get behind it's it's hard to it's hard to pick up on those cues, but I think an important one that you just mentioned is if you know if you 're conservative you're listening to this and I am conservative, and you look at the Conservative Party, which is supposed to be the Republican Party, and Republicans are not responding to such a basic issue like abortion <laughs> um, availability of abortion if they 're not responding to that then they 're probably not going to represent you later on on this issue or other very important cultural issues. And that's, that's important. And so look for the people who are right. And that get behind them.
1: Or the vaccines, which I think is also in a sense, is a kind of cultural issue Um, because, I mean, because that, that was, it it kind of uh, was something that also stigmatized people, whether or not, you know, you're an anti-vaxxer if you're critical of vaccines. So I think, I think for me, the vaccine thing has also been really huge uh, because, I guess it's, it's 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 easy for Republicans to sometimes pay lip service to abortion. Yeah. But it really seems like COVID, um, and 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 now I guess Ukraine, but we haven't really talked about that. But COVID really se- the, the vaccines really seems to be something that most Republicans want absolutely nothing to do with. So although it is like in in, in some ways the actual pro-life uh, issue right now.
0: Yeah. No, that's very good. It's very helpful. Um, Pedro, where can people follow your work? And I know you write a lot. Um, Again, you provide such a clear view of this. When we talked about Ukraine a couple, uh, whenever it was, a month ago or so, um, so helpful. Uh, Where can people follow you and learn more about what you're doing?
1: Thank you so much. That's very kind. Uh, You can follow me on social media pretty much everywhere with my handle, E-M-E-R-I-T-I-C-U-S, Emeriticus, and my newsletter is at contra.substack.com, like I ran Contra. And I write a column for Chronicles Magazine, uh, which you can find at chroniclesmagazine.org.
0: Awesome. Pedro Gonzalez, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it, and I uh, look forward to having you back. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thankful again for Pedro's analysis. Uh, I, I appreciate it. We talked about this a little bit once we stopped recording. Uh, he and I talked about this for a minute. He has such a calm presence and he is so informed. He, he's not simply regurgitating or reissuing rhetoric, the, the same couple of lines that he says all day long. He's thinking because he's thoughtful. And he presents something that is helpful. I really appreciate that from him. And uh, look forward to having him back on, which, of course, we will do. If you're not yet subscribed to the Situation Report, make sure that you subscribe right now. You're listening on a platform, hopefully your favorite podcast platform. Go ahead and subscribe. Make sure that you get these episodes when they come out three times a week. And, uh, again, my commitment to you is that we will continue to do our best to provide you with the information and perspectives you need to navigate this culture that's changing all of the time. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you'd like to watch the video of this, you can. We are, of course, on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search The Situation Report. You'll find our channel. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you are informed when more episodes come online. And uh, we're grateful to have that opportunity. Perhaps you're someone that likes to watch content on Rumble. We're on Rumble as well. We're just about everywhere you can find us. Uh, really wherever you like to consume this type of content. Please share this out with folks that you know that's very helpful to us. But more than anything, make sure that you are subscribed and participating in the conversation. Thank you for joining today. Look forward to talking to you next time.